The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger. And we are back to continue our important discussion on the theme of anxiety. Um, Roger, before we get to that theme of anxiety, uh, you are reading regularly. I think we both enjoy reading quite a bit. What are you currently reading, if anything, kind of that stands out for you? So you're going to make me make me very anxious to remember what I'm reading. <laughs> So I was talking to a brother on a couple of weeks ago, and, and I told him, I said, I'm reading four books at the same time, yeah. <laughs> two on Kindle, two on paper. I just finished one, uh, a paper uh, book that I was reading. Yeah. Um, and uh, so what am I currently reading? I have three of them. I'm trying to remember the title of one of them now. So you're throwing me off. Okay, I'm reading one that's in my bag so I can remember it. Okay. <laughs> I got this at a biblical counseling uh, conference that Ed went to. Uh, it's called Heart and Habits, How We Change for Good oh. by Greg Gifford. He's a professor over at Master's College okay. in, or Master's University in the Biblical Counseling Department. Um, okay. He wrote this about habits. So I'm only a couple chapters in. It's fascinating because in Biblical Counseling, habits is a not controversial, but there's talk about how do we think through habits. It goes back to a, uh, something with Jay Adams about uh, changing, changing behavior, and what's the role of habits in okay. it. So it, it's been good uh, information so far, um, more than you wanted. But let's see. Uh, <laughs> what are the other two books I'm reading on my Kindle? Can I pull out my Kindle while you tell me your books oh, that okay, you're what? reading? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm kind of in the middle of a bunch of different things, um, <clears throat> and I can't uh, remember the exact titles either, <laughs> and I don't have them in my bag with me, Roger, but... One of them is on preaching. Um, actually, it's I think it's uh, using illustrations to preach with power, okay. or something like that. Um, is that Chapel Brian Chapel? Oh, Brian Chapel. I'm thinking of another author. Yeah, I okay. think that's the title. That's been uh, a good book. I've been reading through, and then I, I'm uh, getting done with um, Matthew Barrett's book on the Trinity. Okay, uh, simply Trinity. Along with a biblical theology of Leviticus that I'm reading, that I can't remember the title, but by a guy named Morales, his last name is. So that's with a reading group that that uh, we're reading, but all really good in different ways. Okay, I found my other two books. Here we go. So I'm reading a Michael Horton book oh. called "Too Good to Be True." Okay. Um, is it? Yeah, the gospel is. Okay, the gospel is good. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm reading four views on law and gospel. One of those four view yeah. books. Uh, pick that up. And then I've been picking up a ton of books that I found recently. So I have more that I'm about to start cracking at the okay. same time, but trying to finish, trying to finish them. And yeah, and, uh, uh, that's always the problem is sometimes, oh, and here's an important question. And I don't want to bore our listeners, yeah. but do you finish every book that you start? There have maybe been one or two where I just stopped reading it. <laughs> just one or two? Yeah. I'm impressed. I, I have to finish. If I start something, i got to get to the end. That's because you have bad. character. Wow. Yeah. So you don't have any character? No, I don't. Finishing? I don't have character enough to finish certain books. There's some books I'll read, 
And uh, I was talking to another good friend. I was like, you know, I get into it a couple chapters. I know exactly where they're going. Wow. I don't think I need to read it anymore. I hope I never write a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll read, read all the, the way through. You'll read the forward and be done if it's about you. <laughs> I'll, listen, man, I'll read your books to the end, to the end uh, for sure. Well, look, this is a, a big topic that we started last time, an important topic and uh, one that I think many of us have some experience in. And as we think about anxiety, I wanted to kind of bring us back as you were discussing kind of the overwhelming feeling as we're looking mm-hmm. at David and the Psalms and, and Job and, and his book in the scriptures. And uh, I was saying that Luther, Calvin, I've heard Spurgeon, I think some of, uh, you know, Matthew Henry dealt with some of this yeah. as well. So, so many people have dealt with anxiety. And here, here's a quote from from Luther. I believe this was in a letter that he wrote. Uh, to Melanchthon, he wrote, he says, I spent more than a week in death and hell. My entire body was in pain and I still tremble. Completely abandoned by Christ, I labored under the vacillations and storms of desperation and blasphemy against God. But through the prayers of the saints, God began to have mercy on me and pulled my soul from the inferno below. <laughs> so, it's so Luther, Luther yeah. <laughs> but you just wonder: did his, did his mom tell Luther often? You are you are so dramatic in you, the way you speak. <laughs> he has to have been. He talks about the. the I, I don't know how to pronounce it in German. Anfertung or something like that. Assault. This yeah. this assault of the soul that he would feel often. Uh, but but there is truth in that in that in that uh, expression of his heart yeah. as he's lamenting of how he's feeling about it. Oh, so, he is honest. Yeah. It, it, he is very honest, which I really appreciate. And that's good. Oh yeah. It, it's good to express, express that and to not hide it or just to try to put it aside and say, no, it's not that bad. It's okay. I, I, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading a, an article about Calvin and anxiety and uh, I'll, I'll read a sentence from here. It says, uh, the anxiety symptoms Calvin observed in himself were a tendency, quote, this is a quote now from okay. Calvin, to lose control and eat too greedily. <laughs> and I said, amen. I understand that anxiety and that idea of eating too greedily. <laughs> but but look, look how human, right? This is, yes. I, I want our, our listeners to see that, look, oh, the great theologians of the Reformation um, they were dealing with anxiety as well. Yeah, they were battling the same human fallen battles that we're battling, and uh, maybe it shouldn't, but it makes me feel okay—not not okay, but it makes me feel a little bit better that I'm not nuts. You know, mm-hmm. well, I might be, but they are too. Then I suppose is the you're in good company. Then, I'm right? in good company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's better not to just feel like we're in good company. Yeah. But to run to the scriptures mm-hmm. and to think, what was that? You you ended on a really important proverb. Let, let's start with that. I think you were saying we should start with that this yeah, time. Yeah, so Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Amen. Many practical ways that um, that can come about. We're, we've already talked about how anxiety weighs you down, the physical aspect of it. Yep. And, and feeling the weight of that. <clears throat> but the application of a good word makes them glad. Hmm. Where does that come from? Where does the good word come from? 
Scripture. That's right. Primarily, yeah. but other believers too. Yeah. We need we need both, you know, to help us in this walk. Yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I think one of the things I have uh, experienced that I think uh, our listeners probably have experienced too is when there is a brother or sister in Christ who sees that you're battling with these anxious thoughts and they are able to um, not necessarily give you a theological discourse, uh, you know, but give you a a kind word, an encouraging word. Sometimes I get scripture texted to me Mm. and um, just knowing that someone is thinking about me, by the way, enough to send me scripture is encouraging. Yeah. Because I was talking last time about the loneliness of anxiety, I think, that people experience. But then, of course, most importantly, looking back at what the scriptures actually say, the promises of God yeah. will will be, I think, effective in, in, in bringing us that gladness and that peace. But let's let's jump to the scriptures. Yeah. Oh, it, before then, you have your, uh, I forgot that you have your go-to um, guy that you want to quote. Ed Welch. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Who are you going to quote? I was going to quote what he quoted in his book. <laughs> Okay. And I was Freud. Oh, it was an interesting quote. I like this quote the, in, in in what it's speaking from. So, who who is this from again? Sigmund Freud. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so he says this: "There is no question that the problem of anxiety is a riddle whose solution would be bound to throw a flood of light on our whole mental existence." Mm. <clears throat> what is he saying? How the connection between the anxiety and the thoughts in the mind, which yeah. we would agree with, th- that connection is absolutely there. Yeah. But what I, uh, what I really wanted to share in this in this introduction uh, uh, of Ed Welch's book, it's called "A Small Book for An- for the Anxious Heart." Yeah. Is how he talks about the approach and the journey of life of us walking, a- and he says this uh, about you know, being, being human with weaknesses mm. and, and how we relate to our God. Because yeah. whenever we disconnect from the Lord, that just is going to cause more, more anxiety. But yeah. it also could cause if we're thinking wrongly of God. Right. So. right. But he does say this. He says at the beginning, <coughs> the rhythm of your journey is simple. You speak and God listens. God speaks and you listen. A simple rhythm of life. Hmm. You pray, he hears you. You read his word and listen, and you hear from him. It's yeah. a rhythm that we go through on a daily basis. And, and now we're talking about going into scripture and how is God speaking to us. Yeah. And what I like <laughs> about the idea of this rhythm, Roger, is that it's not just a moment. Correct. There's this life being lived out. And sometimes... Those who deal with these kinds of anxious thoughts think that they just need a solution that's going to end it right now yeah. rather than being willing to walk through that relationship with the Lord, that rhythm that you're talking about, that is how God resolves our anxiety. Yeah. Day by day, yep. we reconnect with the source of life. Yeah. So when we look at some of the scriptures and turning to some important passages that talk about this. I want to look at it from a perspective of how the scripture is directing us. Um, we're going to first look at Matthew 6. So Matthew six twenty five. Um, this is Jesus speaking. Um, and let's read this verse on what Jesus says. 
about being anxious. So verse 25, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Hmm. Isn't it interesting how Jesus talks about not being anxious, but that he pivots in verse 26, and he says, look, Mm -hmm. consider, consider these creatures, and consider your heavenly Father. So he's, in a sense, pointing or directing you away from self and put your mind on God. Yeah. And it's an important thing because it's not, we're not telling people just stop being anxious. Right. You're wrong for being anxious about this. Don't you know God is sovereign? No, it's this redirecting of your mind to what is true. Because oftentimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you know, there are a lot of false things we're believing when we're anxious at times. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) There's false beliefs about what we think is true, what we think outcomes might be assumptions we're making. Mm -hmm. And, and this redirecting our mind to what is true is very important Absolutely. Uh, in our lives. I mean, I, I would say anxiety is caused by believing lies mm. in many, in most cases, at least for me. When I wake up to what I'm actually believing when I'm so anxious, Yeah. Uh, I think Ed Welch says in one of his other books, he, he asks us to think about how often worry lies to us like yeah. how, what percentage of worries actually come true yeah and and so yeah definitely we're believing lies yeah. so that's the first uh important scripture if we look at um a couple others that come to mind we have uh, philippians chapter four so let's look at how philippians talks about this and this is chapter four verses five through six Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Look at that redirection. Mm. Go to your God. Take what you have to your God with this idea of thankfulness. Mm Mm-hmm. But take it to the Lord. Are, are we taking even the anxious thoughts, not even thinking about what's causing it at that moment? Your heavenly Father cares for you to go to him and hum, and simply to say, Lord, I need you right now. Yeah. I'm thinking wrongly. Or maybe I don't know what's causing this anxious anxiety I'm having right now. I don't know what's causing these anxious thoughts, but I need you. Yeah. I need you to help me. My, my, uh, how I'm reacting. I'm feeling tense. I'm um, feeling this inside and coming before your heavenly father is what Paul is directing us in, in that verse. Yeah. Because one of the things that causes anxiety to increase, at least for me is when I allow my thoughts to run wild. Right. And I'm, mm-hmm. so I'm internally, I'm just allowing that cycle to continue and think, think, and it gets bigger and worse and worse it's when you look outside of yourself. So rather than the self-reflection, you start to reflect on something outside of you. 
Um, and for the believer, we know that's so important in every respect, right? When we're looking outside of ourselves for the help that we need for forgiveness, for salvation, right? For righteousness, yep. the same is true to escape the the burden of, of anxiety and anxious thoughts. So let's look at one more in First Peter, First Peter five six to seven. And here Peter says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you." Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Mm. I think of that verse and I think of how he says, cast your anxieties on the Lord. Why? He cares for you. Yeah. Think of that invitation. It's an invitation to come before the Lord with what you're struggling with. As you talked about before, sometimes people feel the sense of guilt or shame that they're going through that experience. That's right. But in the way the scripture talks, there's none of this guilt or shame on the individual who's struggling. There's an invitation to go before a Lord, a heavenly father who cares for you in the midst of those struggles. Yeah. Do do you think, Roger, then that what you're saying is that the Lord is more compassionate than maybe some counselors? Yes, and <laughs> and more than we're compassionate ourselves. Than we are ourselves, We yeah. project upon God oftentimes who he's not. Yeah. And isn't that why we enjoyed so much the book by Dane Orland? Yeah. You know, because he it, it, it showed us and revealed to us the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers That's in good. a way that goes against our natural thinking. We naturally think that God doesn't care, that God's standing in judgment over us. Yeah. Instead of realizing that God is compassionately inviting us to himself yeah. because he cares about us. Absolutely. And, and, and you see that care in Christ in Matthew 6 that we were looking at earlier. When compared to the way the Lord speaks about the sins of the Pharisees, let's say, yeah. <clears throat> when he says, when he's giving this command not to worry, this is not, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to, how to say this, but it's not like the command to not commit adultery or yeah. not murder, <laughs> yeah. right? This is him putting his arm around us, carrying us and saying, don't worry, you're under my wing. Don't worry, I am holding you. Yeah. Um, you know, the, some people ask me, is it a sin to worry? And I just think that's the wrong question to ask. I think it can be yeah. sinful, um, but I don't think that should be our first inclination. I think the question is, what do we do with our worry? Kind of like what we talked mm-hmm. about, you know, last time as well. Yeah, I think when we reduce things so easily to is this a sin or not, we can get off track. Yeah. And and we start living this checklist type of life. If I haven't done this, this, and this, okay, it's not sin. I'm good. Yeah. But sin runs much deeper than our, our, you know, our, than simply reducing it to one thing. Yeah. If we think about how our thoughts, our desires, our will, our heart is being exposed, and and, and how we sin, um, it goes deeper than just. Yeah, you know. and one of the things that is exposed in anxiety, and I could just speak from my own experience is both a wrong view of myself and a wrong view That's of God. Good. Yeah. So in the first Peter passage you were looking at, there's there's both of those things going on. We have to humble ourselves because 
we generally have a higher view of ourselves than we ought. Yeah. Um, we do, we think things like I should be in control. Last time we were talking about, well, as a pastor, you know, yeah. I should have it all un- under control or I should be able to handle a situation. I should be. Um, and the Lord comes alongside and says, no, that's why my son came. Right. That's, yeah. um, and on the other hand, we don't see God as big as he really is. Yeah. Or as caring as he really is as compassionate we still see him more as judge yep. than we do as father. And and which is wrong thinking if we understand salvation and what has changed in our relationship. Amen. If we have gone from enemy to friend, yeah. we have gone from judge to compassionate father. Yeah. And we make the mistake so often in thinking that he still remains as judge hanging something over our head just waiting for us to slip up as if we are we're empowered in ourselves to live rightly instead of understanding, no, we are still dependent on him. We're still weak creatures who sin and we suffer That's right. uh, in this world. And, and so it's no surprise, by the way, that both Calvin and Luther fundamentally connect anxiety to proper theology or thinking about God, a yep. right relationship with God. Yep. And they both will... will they they both, from what I read, now again, I don't have all the quotes and everything, but from what I read, it seemed that both were articulating a position that said that it comes down to um, whether we believe we're right with God or not mm-hmm. and how we're made right with God. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so now again, there are different ways in which anxiety manifests itself, but their point was when you know you're at peace with God, through not your own righteousness, but, yeah. but Christ's righteousness, then you can then, and only then can you have that real rest and peace. Well, could you, could you be at rest and peace if you're always thinking you're wrong with God and you're not right? You should, you should feel in a sense of that if that leads you to the cross and That's leads right. you to him. Yeah. But that actually could be used for something good when we're feeling that. Amen. Um, and be- so, because what's the solution? Look to Christ. Yeah. Look away from yourself and back to Christ and in all of his fullness and what he's done. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I kind of know how you feel about this since you did biblical counseling and not some other kind of counseling. Um, (laughs) But I often think to myself, if a non-believer were dealing with anxiety, the only solution I have is to to give them the gospel. Yeah. Right? I, I can't. You know, we can give them some tricks. Hey, I feel less anxious if I do this, that, or the other. But honestly, if you don't know Jesus, you should be anxious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it that way, but yeah. right? I mean, th- that is the only thing. You know, I think uh, it's in, in Isaiah. You know, it says, don't don't fear these others. Dread the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right? That He should be your dread. But then at the same time, he loves you and has made a way for him to no longer be your dread. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's very good. You know, thinking yeah. practically on a day-to-day basis, yeah. how we experience this in just a normal part of life and living in a fallen world. Um, you know, I'll share an example of just this week and even today. Yeah, You know, I, I have these deadlines at work. I've mm. been working on a project for about a month. You know, we go through a, a process and... 
I have a big meeting tomorrow morning, mm. and I'm behind. And the last couple of days have been really hard. Oh, boy. And long hours and thinking about it yeah. and thinking about it and being restless and feeling that feeling that inside, feeling that reaction of feeling anxious of I'm not going to be ready. I'm not going to be ready. And, and, I, and I keep going back to my own mind thinking, why am I, why am I feeling this? What's, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. What am I afraid of? What do I want? Yeah. You know, and there is a sense where I've always been ready every single year. Yeah. And there is a, there is that thought of, I cannot not be ready. I can't just, break that. I can't yeah. break my streak. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's a sense of I'm meeting my boss. I don't want to let him down right. on how prepared I was supposed to be for this meeting. Right. And sure, there were other circumstances that happened. He would understand and all sure. that. But I have laid something, an expectation that is wrong. That has nothing to do with, with the, the truth, Yeah. but I'm living that out and I'm believing and hanging on to it, which is just impacting that's my a, own soul. That's a really good point. You, the expectations that you've created that are not being met or may not be met, yeah. um, are what is causing some anxiety for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a fascinating thought. Uh, do we do that sometimes or all the time that we create expectations that are not God's expectations? but our own. Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a really helpful point. Um, good thing for you. This won't, this podcast won't come out until way after that meeting. That's true. Right. So, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll feel if I'm, I'm ready by then. I mean, we yeah. solve everybody's problems in 30 minutes or less. So isn't that how we do it? Isn't that, we should make that our motto. We solve all your problems in 30 minutes or that less. Me our new tagline. I'm sure we'll double our listenership. That's so we'll right. go from two to four to four. Listen, uh, <laughs> Um, what, what other helpful, so, so it's good as you're thinking of the day by day. So think about your expectations, think about what it is that you want and whether it matches what God wants. I think that's what your point is, right? And you know where it comes down to, if you keep going down the line, uh, my image and my performance back to that people pleasing stuff, huh? People pleasing, but more than that of then it's tied to how well I'm doing my job which is tied to performance and annual mm. reviews, which is tied to salary right. that you make, which is tied to how others view me and my job, which, which ties to how I think of myself and think of who I am and my identity. Yeah. And there are, there's just so much wrapped up in all of that, that you start, you start going down that rob- rabbit hole and you start realizing we're more complex yeah. And we think it's not just a simple thing we're wrestling with, but the solution doesn't change. It's right. still, I need to go back to the Lord and humble myself and pray for help. Instead yeah. of, instead of asking for help, what am I doing? I'm just thinking, creating and creating more of that cycle instead of Lord, I need you right now. Help me and help me to honor you no matter the outcome. So yeah. here, here's something, an interesting thought. Those who have dealt with anxiety, they know what meditation is. Mm-hmm. Not good meditation, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We meditate on those anxious thoughts. We're, we really think yeah. about them. We, we're focused on them. We're me- you know, people ask me, how do I meditate on scripture? Like that, but in, <laughs> on scripture, not yeah. on your anxious thoughts, right? If I were to meditate on God's word and, and think about the promises of God and remind myself through the scriptures 
of all the, the, the kindness of Christ, the grace of God, and really meditate on that rather than meditate on my anxious yeah. thoughts, that would bring about some, some big impact. And I was thinking about this because in one of the articles on Luther that I read, hmm. um, he used music yeah. to help himself. I like that. And what he did was he wrote hymns and sang them and went to the Psalms. Like you've talked about the Psalms a lot. And I was thinking that, you know what? Songs and music um, help us to meditate on the word of God. Yeah. And there is some, there is a place, look again, because we are body and soul, there is a place for these types of things to help fill our hearts with the right thoughts. What I tell people is sometimes you need music during the week because you need somebody's speaking truth into your life because you keep hearing your own thoughts and your own lies. So let somebody else just speak. And as we know how music affects our soul and how we're passively listening, but it's shaping us, it has a way of being a good word. Like the proverb says of lifting up our soul in that moment, reminding us of who God is. Cause sometimes we, we, not sometimes we need to always be reminded that's right of truth i mean amen if we didn't then we wouldn't have a church there's no need for church that's right right we'd have all together but we constantly need to remind each other of the truth because we easily get off track yeah in our human you know weakness and 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 honestly i do think that one of the things that we can do um if we're dealing with anxious thoughts we can go to the scriptures like we said meditate on we can listen to solid music that is bringing truth into our hearts. We can also reach out to others and I would recommend reach out to others and send them a text or something. Say, Hey, send me your favorite verses when you're dealing with anxiety. Let them flood you, flood your heart with the scriptures as well. You know, I think Luther was saying, have someone read scripture to you. Get outside of you. Know, we were talking about this. Get outside of yourself. Don't yeah. don't focus on your thoughts. Have, have external words spoken to you. And I thought, man, have I ever asked someone just read scripture to me? The only time that we do that is honestly we go when someone's in the hospital, maybe mm-hmm. on their in hospice care or something. You know, I read scripture to them. Yeah. Well, scripture is a powerful thing. <laughs> it's the yeah. word of God. It, it, ask people read scripture to me. Read out loud together with with someone. Uh, and remind yourself of the the goodness of God. Yeah, and I I think another another thing that's helpful too is is something that deals with our physical. That's sometimes even physical activity yeah. helps us. You know, the exercise, totally going for a run. That that way it it releases chemicals in our brain. The way it it, it can help release some of those symptoms because sometimes in the moment it's really difficult and you you're stuck yeah and when you're stuck you need to as your mind is is off you need to distract in a way and to do something that is more productive because what we're finding what do we find we we do unproductive things with it instead of productive and we know it's not a simple here's the three steps and and you're going to get it no it's it it may look different at different times yep and and use all that uh different resources that that you have to find, uh, you know, that rhythm that you yeah, were talking about, right? Rhythm. It's that rhythm again. And I think it comes back to that. So like you, we started with that proverb, that word comes from these, this rhythm of life that 
we're speak the Lord's speaking to us. We're speaking to him. He's using his people to speak truth into our lives, into our hearts and look for our listeners too. And I know uh, for me, it's this way when anxiety is big in my life and heart, the temptation to find ungodly ways to yeah. calm my anxious heart are big yep. and they never work, do they? No. And never, I was going to joke and say, ah, you know what solves my anxiety? Uh, you know, all you can eat meal somewhere. <laughs> you know, th- there's things that, as Calvin said, he greedily eats. You know, there's greedily eating and greedily doing other things that we think are going to somehow ease the burden. The only thing that really does is uh, God's truth and his presence through his word in our lives. So, yeah, this is big stuff. There's still more to talk about, uh, Roger, because one of the things I didn't bring up that I wanted to bring up and ask the counselor is the relationship between anxiety and fear of death. Hmm. I think Ed Welch makes a, a, a big deal about that. I think he's, he's onto something, but that's a good cliffhanger for, for next, next time, time right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to bring our four <laughs> listeners back. Make so- it five. <laughs> Well, we really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation uh, that we're having about anxiety, and um, we look forward to uh, more of these. But if you have any questions between now and then, if you want to send us an email or other topics related or unrelated that you'd like us to tackle and, and talk about together, we would love to hear from you. So uh, please send us a, a note and uh, let us know. Uh, until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the hosts with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.